Welcome to the National Community Church Podcast. We're thrilled to be able to share this weekend's message with you from Pastor Joel Schmidgall. You can find us on national.cc or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says this. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. I'm just going to come out and say it right from the very beginning. His current reality did not reflect his future destiny. That which he was in at that moment did not match up where God desired to take him in the future. Does somebody need that word today? Maybe it's for somebody that you have been contending and praying for. But when we talk about the people of a second chance, what we're talking about is that you have the ability to talk back, right? In fact, right now, go ahead. We're going to get friendly with our neighbors. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and just tell them, listen, your current reality does not match up to your future destiny. Go ahead. Your neighbor, your current reality does not match up to your future destiny. I have been talking to this card, y'all. Come on. I've been talking back to this because I'm praying for thir- is it 34 days that we have been praying and contending over people that God has put on our heart. So I find myself on days declaring the goodness of God, declaring the promises of God, declaring the purposes of God. You know what? Your current reality, no, it does not match up to where God wants to take you in the future. And the reality is this, that you know what? Some of our friends and some of us, we are, are chained up to addictions and we are imprisoned to others' expectations. We are locked up in different areas. We are locked up to hurts that are in our past. And the reality is when we look at this scripture, we see in Acts chapter 12, that things are not going well. And King Herod comes against the believers and he begins to throw believers in prison. He begins to kill them. John, the the brother of James, gets killed. He arrests Peter. He throws him in jail, puts guards with him. He's awaiting his sentencing. Things are not looking good in the scripture until that is we get to verse five of Acts 12, which which we just read. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. My tendency is to think that prayer is only about me. That, that my worship is only about me. That when I come to church service, it's only about me. But the fact is that when I worship, it's not only about me. Your faith, it's not only about you. No, there is a multiplication that happens. The scripture says in James chapter 5 to 16, it says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. So when I walk in the spirit, my walk, my words, my ways are used for the kingdom of God. God leans and he takes what I have and he uses it for his purposes. I love what the old revivalist Duncan Campbell said. And when he, when he says men, I think he's talking about people, men and women. He said this, the kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches becoming filled with men, but by men in our churches becoming filled with God. 
Worship is your work. You know that? Faith and worship, that's our work. Worship is not something that I feel. No, we worship God because he is worthy to be praised. We worship him because he is God. We don't worship because I feel good or because the circumstances are right. We don't worship because we we heard this song or these lyrics or this devotional and now we feel inspired. No, we worship because it's our lifestyle. We worship because that is our work. That is what we are called to do, to give everything we have. And when we do, what happens? The Spirit of the Lord shows up, doesn't he? The word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So God shows up when we step out and when we worship, when we honor him. Am I a, do I come into worship services as a spiritual consumer? What can I get out of this? Do I want to go to church today? Well, what, what, do I need something? Do I want to get something? Or do I approach worship services with a ministry mindset? Do I approach small groups? as a consumer or with a ministry mindset, right? And I'll be honest, like my small groups, I'm getting a lot out of them. And so I find myself just taking and like, that's so good. Man, I gotta get back in mindset. I gotta invest, I gotta give, I come to worship. And I, I look around, y'all. Anybody else look around sometimes? Because I wanna borrow your faith. Amen. When I see you going after God, I need, to, I need some of that. And that fills me and that fuels me. And so sometimes I find myself, but I need to come to worship ready to give. And maybe I come empty and that's okay. When you show up here empty, that's okay because God fills you. But if you show up empty, put up those hands in, in praise and honor God and he inhabits your praises. He fills you when you worship him, when you obey, when you live out of obedience. Back to Peter, verse six. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Stop the music right here. Peter, he's in chains. He is sandwiched between two Roman guards. Y'all heard about the Romans before? They can get a little messy sometimes. And then he's got two other guards, sentries outside the door. He is faced, the next day he's about to get sentenced, which most likely will lead to his death. Do you think you would be chilling at that moment, right? You're thinking about what is to come and what could happen, and he's napping. He's just chilling out. He's sleeping. How could he do that? He could only do it if he's got peace in his soul. So somehow, Peter leans in and finds peace. About a month ago, we found out our neighbor, the L Street Market, y'all know, right over here, right across the road, across the street, there's the L Street Market on that corner. We found out over the course of a month, the owner had been robbed three times at gunpoint, armed robbery three times in a month. And so... I've been going over, trying to do check-ins consistently. I've been going over and praying with the owner. Her name's Un, and just getting to know her a little bit more. And, going, and we share video footage from what we have outside of our building, just trying to help out in any way we can. And um, one of the times I was over there, and we were praying. And as we're praying, you know, customers are coming in and out as we're going. I'll take the, uh, give me this Reese's Pieces. Okay, hold on. We'll pause, Lord. Okay, somebody else gets a Snickers, and okay, we'll pause, but we're praying, and at the end of the prayer, one day, I just said, like, I said to Un, like, you need, you know, we have Thursday night prayer. You need to come over 
to Thursday night prayer sometime. And so I left and, and kind of forgot about it. But then Thursday night rolled around, and guess who showed up on Thursday night? Un came over um, to serve us at Thursday night prayer. And that night, we were talking about forgiveness. We were praying towards forgiveness. I don't know if anyone was there that night. But what we did was we broke out index cards down here in the altar, and we asked people to consider coming down and writing down somebody you need to forgive or somebody you need forgiveness from. We're going to take those cards, and we're going we're to burn them. We're going to release them. And so we had this practice. Guess who was the first one down in the altar? Come on. Coming down right in the altar. A number of us got to hang out after service for a few moments, and, and Un came over. And she said, I went down and I wrote down the people that have been robbing me because I needed to forgive them. Amen. 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 Oh, we're praying for revival in the city, y'all. And look at that step of faith coming down to the altar. And we had a little moment after and some of our team had signed a card for her and we gave her a little gift card because insurance doesn't cover everything when you get robbed. And so... Just a little blessing. And we just shared, hey, we just want you to know you're not alone, that we are with you, okay? And a little bit of an emotional moment for her. And she just shared, and I think she was overcome because she realized, okay, I got some family here. And the peace of God, I believe, came on her in that moment. And God touched her. And here's the thing. She has courage, does she not? Stepping out and continuing to step in to these moments when so many things are coming to get against her, and we're just telling her, we're with you, and we are with her, because we're taking more laps around the building, and we're getting over there more, and we're praying over here, and listen, we all are with her. Are you with me? So get over there and buy some snacks, y'all. Get some else and get the bad, get the funyuns or, you know, get the, get, like buy the thing in the corner that's getting dusty. Like, but let's get over and let's, let's support her, but also pray a prayer covering over the house and over our streets and over those who are hurting enough that they, that they need to cross that line. And so let's be in prayer over this, but we are with her. But here's the thing. She continues to operate, <laughs> She is not shut down. She continues to move forward somehow with the peace of God over her and in her heart. And I wonder if God is blessing her because of forgiveness. Listen, your second chance might come by you giving somebody else a second chance. For her, she's given about that fourth chance, right? And and. Second chance for her and and peace for her is coming upon her because she's investing outward and she is giving. And so she could be held captive by fear, but she's not. She operates in faith. She works there. She lives there three times at gunpoint, but she keeps pressing out. She keeps showing up. I got robbed again, but I'm going to show up the next day. She just keeps showing up and serving faithfully and giving what she can and what she has Colin Morris said this, your theology is what you are when talking stops and when action starts. She just keeps showing up. She understands. She believes. She knows that God is faithful and will protect her in these moments. By the way, you and his 
come to the last three Thursday night prayer services. She's showing up every single week, and she is operating and stepping out in faith. Verse 7, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. I love it when our resident artist paints during our services. Don't you love it when uh, Lionel Daniels, who was mentioned by Pastor Mark a moment ago, he'll be back here and he'll be painting praise. I love it because those, these, these paintings are conceived out of your worship. Amen. And they are born as an interpretation of what God is doing in and among us and put on canvas for us to see these different images. And so these are just a couple of paintings that have happened over the past couple of months. And I love this one uh, because you look and you see these chains and the chain is breaking, right? But it's not just breaking, it's dissolving. It's not just dissolving. The, the birds are, are made of the same material and the same color as that which the chain is made from. Therefore, the chains are breaking, but they are becoming that which will fly to freedom. So that which is hold, held you down, God wants to take that. He wants to take you and make you fly and soar over those things. This is what God wants to do. And you look over here, you see the young woman, and she's, she's, she has life in her face. And you see the daffodil here, which, I, which stood out to me because it represents second birth. It represents new life. It represents spring and new birth and, and revival and something new coming and the release of the bird, right? And you see these prophetic images. And if you haven't been around, I don't know if you've heard this, but over and over we keep hearing this word. God wants to break chains. He wants to set free the captive. He wants to release you to live in your purpose. God wants to invest this word. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. He desires to set us free, and it starts with prayer. Peter's freedom, Peter's release started with the prayer of the people, did it not? With the church praying over him. I love what Thomas Watson said. He said, the angel fetched Peter out of prison, but prayer... Fetch the angel. Walter Wink said this. He said, intercessory prayer is spiritual defiance of what is in the way of what God has promised. Intercession visualizes an alternative future to the one apparently faded by the momentum of current forces. Prayer infuses the air of a time yet to be into, into the suffocating atmosphere of the present. History belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being even a small number of people firmly committed to the new inevitability on which they have fixed their imaginations can decisively affect the shape the future takes. These shapers of the future are the intercessors who call out the future, the long-for new present. Now, before we press through this moment in the scripture, take a moment for realization. The chains have been broken, but Peter still has a decision, doesn't he? Remember, he's sandwiched between two Roman guards. The sentries are outside. The chains are off. But if he moves and they wake up, you know what I'm saying? They're not nice people is, is what I'm trying to say. If he goes for it and they see him, he's toast. 
It's not going to be good for him. So he has a decision, even though the chains have been broken, does he still want to take a step of faith to walk out of that prison? I'm praying over us, guys. I'm praying over our church. And I'm believing that God is breaking chains. That he is giving freedom and granting liberty to us. Yet, some of us are still in prison. Crippled by fear. Unwilling to walk out. And as bad as that prison is, it's scary, isn't it? It's hard, it's fearful to walk out of that prison because of all the things that could or might happen and the difficulties that it takes to walk out. Last week I had the chance to go to, uh, to go on an NCC missions trip to Ocho Rios and three boys, and there are three of us dads that went on this trip. We went to work with Teen Challenge Jamaica, one of our great missionary partners. And, uh, and we went there. And um, on Tuesday afternoon, we went out and we did some street walks. And so the goal was to be able to pray with people, to encourage people, to speak life into them. And so we're doing our thing. And, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. We had some divine moments on this walk and some ordinations. And so we get out and we're at the end of our prayer walk. And as we're coming to the end of it, this guy hunts us down. And he says, I, I heard y'all were trying to help people. And I could use some help getting to a point of freedom. And he shares this. And as he does, Anthony, the director, starts doing one of these. (laughs) Kind of like, God sees you. God knows you. God has some bolt cutters in his hand that he can bring freedom in. And he's doing this thing, looking at him. We're like, what's going on here? And we have this moment, and he starts to share how he wants to leave his life and leave some of that drug use behind. And Anthony says this. He says, come on, man. What do you got? Show me what you got. And in that moment, he pulls out crack cocaine. And let me just be real for just a moment here today. My 13-year-old boy was on that trip, and we had a bunch of boys, and I just hadn't envisioned that we would maybe encounter crack cocaine together on the street. That wasn't on my pre-itinerary plan that a crack pipe would come out and we would be able to pass it around and hold on. And that just, I just hadn't foreseen that on this mission trip. And you guys, every night we would do a debrief at night and just ask the question, okay, what did you learn today? And so we did our debrief that night and little Jackson Schmidt you know, what did you learn today? Joshua Smith uh, jumps in. He says, I learned today, don't smoke crack. I was like, okay, all right. Hey, God, we'll take it. And, but in that moment, I got to be honest, I was a little fearful of those mamas that weren't on the trip. When we get home and they hear this story, uh, they're not going to have anything good to say to me. But you know what? To be honest, I'm thinking as well. There's no better way than I want my boy to be exposed than in this environment right now where you see the effects that life-controlling substances can have on you, but you also know that there is a God who has redemptive purposes and can overcome any and all things, and so it's okay. We're going to step in, so we lean in, and Anthony says, come on, man, give it to me. Let me have it. Give it to me. Give it over. We will, we'll take you right now. We got a van right there. We're going to take you right now to the Teen Challenge Center. We got three 
good meals a day. We got a roof over your head. We will take you right now. He says, okay, okay, no, no, no. I just, I just got to do something. I, I, I just got to finish. Something. I got a project. I, 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 I want to do that, but I can't do it now. But I'm going to do it in the future, but I just got to work on something and finish something up. And it was that moment. Remember Luke chapter 9? And Jesus says to the man, come and follow me. And what does he say? And he's anxious. He came to Jesus. Jesus says, come and follow me. And he says, yeah, I just, I, I got to go bury my father. And what does Jesus say? Let the dead bury their own dead. It sounds kind of cruel, doesn't it? Like, ouch, Jesus, that's not the nicest. But a lot of commentators argue that what he was saying was, I need to get my inheritance first before I come on this. I need to take care of me. I need to get mine first. And Jesus is saying, no, there is a cost to discipleship, that when you come, you have faith that God will protect you, that he will take care of you, that he will provide for all your needs and so we have this moment. So we just lean in through prayer and we begin to pray. And we're praying, God, break chains. Break chains right now. Set free, Lord. We pray that you would bring about your purposes in his life. God, we pray that you would have your way. And we're praying over him. And I realize in that moment right there that, that God can send the angels. That he can send a people to fetch you to your freedom. But you got to be willing to walk out of that prison. You got to be willing to take a step yourself. You got to be willing to listen to the Spirit of God and have your way. Lord, we just pray your peace right now over this house. We pray your peace in the house today. Sometimes we can get riled up, Lord. But your peace is here. We accept that peace in our own hearts. And over this house, we are brothers and sisters in this house. So we just accept that freedom today, God. So we got to walk towards our freedom. What does a walk look like for you? What does that mean? Does it mean stepping out, coming to the altar and laying things down at this altar? Does it mean stepping in to celebrate recovery? Right? And taking some steps with other brothers and sisters who are struggling. Does it mean, hey, two weeks is baptism Sunday. Does it mean for you going public with your faith, you haven't taken that step of obedience and you need to jump in and get baptized? Come on, join us. Two weeks. Let's go, y'all. Let's do this. Let's take the next hill. Maybe it means stepping out in baptism and being obedient unto the Lord's word on your heart. But God desires, listen, he desires to bring a miracle from your mess. But you gotta participate in the miracle. After Peter's chains had been broken and he walked to his freedom, verse 12, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter went to speak of deliverance, and he showed up to give testimony of what God had done, and he gave testimony to those around him. He gave testimony of what had been, of what the community and the church had been praying for, right? A number of weeks ago, we had a longtime NCC, or we had a longtime prayer member. Her name is Gloria Murillo, and uh, Gloria, she went on to the next to the next scene in, in her existence. 
and she passed away and, and she left us here on this earth and we miss Gloria. She was a beautiful soul. She was a blessing. She was a faithful saint and she had a prayer anointing. Now, I went on a Thursday to sit with her in the hospital and we just had some prayer and we had some word and she, was at, she was, had a lot of days on this earth. And uh, so I got to sit with her and then a couple hours later I was here Thursday night prayer, and we were just praying together. And at the altar, you guys, I came down and I was just asking God for that same prayer anointing in me. And I was asking for that prayer anointing over this church. And it was a strange thing because I just felt like a transference happened that that prayer anointing that was on her was transferred to this house. Went to bed that night. Woke up the next morning, first thing I saw is an email that Gloria had gone on to glory. And we need to be praying for her adult daughters, MC and Francesca, put them on your prayer list. But Francesca just shared uh, after the funeral how beautiful that was and how much of a gift that was to her to hear all the people saying so many wonderful things about her praying mama. And so it was a beautiful moment, but I'll tell you what, when you've walked somebody to death's door, it's something. Yeah. It's, it's a burden, it's a weight, it's a heaviness, but it's also a gift for you. I got the opportunity to walk her right there to the door. And so I walk out of this experience with a conviction in me, feeling like God has given a transference to this house of a prayer anointing. Can I just encourage you today, lean in, step into that prayer anointing. Peter shows up at the door ready to testify to the anointing of prayer and what God has done in and through their prayers and the goodness of God. So he speaks to this in verse 13. It says, Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back with, without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I love this scripture. They were praying, they were praying, they were praying, and they kept on praying, and guess what? The testimony was already at the door. And they're still praying, God, do this. Lord, have your way. We're going after this in prayer. God had already orchestrated the miracle, and that miracle was standing at the door, and they were annoyed by the very distraction that they had been praying for by faith. God, do it. God's like, come on, open up your eyes. That distraction, sometimes we get distractions, and we think that's throwing us off, but that's exactly what ignites us to step into a place of the spirit that we are called to minister in that place. Guys, it's okay. I want to be a part of a church with distractions that are happening all around us. Can I get a witness in the house? Because maybe God desires to use that and work in that. And we're going to lean into those moments. He is orchestrating his miracles. And listen, can I just say something today? I'm knocking at Come your on. door. Come on. I'm knocking at your door. You know why? Because you encourage me. 
Your prayer encourages me. Pastor Chris's passion. You know what? This season, you have pulled me out. You have drawn me out. Actually, the Spirit of the Lord in you has drawn me out. Pastor Mark, going after it. I look around. Tina, you're serving. I look around. Chelsea, you're talking about having a thirst for God up here. That is drawing me out. And so I am here knocking at the door to tell you I am a testimony of what God is doing in you and through you. Know that your worship, your worship is work and it's working at the same time. All of us need to be in the position of Peter and we need to be in the position of the church, right? We need to be receiving that which has been prayed and worshiped before us and we need to be pouring out in areas where we don't receive and it's not for us, but we are contending for others. God wants to move in both directions. There are two kinds of roots in a tree. There are tap roots that go down deep and there are lateral roots that go down out wide. Tap roots are critical to that tree's growth and development. They go down, they get down deeper than everything else. They get to sources and water that will bring life up into that tree. They stabilize the tree to be able to grow. But tap roots, and then there's lateral roots, which don't go down that deep. They come out to the side. They come out wide. And what they do is they intermingle. They network with the soil around it to create a different level of stability. Tap roots going deep into the word of God, going deep yeah. into the realm of the spirit is critical to our spiritual growth. Good. But when we go deep, it brings life to us. When we go wide, it brings life to that which is around us. We're also called to go out wide because here's what happens. We go deep, life to us. Wide, it brings life to around us. And when there's life around us, it creates an ecosystem that comes back to us and God works through the whole ecosystem. We are called to go deep. We are called to go wide. God uses you in the realm of the spirit, but he also uses our worship to connect. I need you. You need me. We are in community. This is a community together as a church community. We need one another. Invest in one another and also receive. Here's what Colossians 2 says. Paul exhorts us, verse 6. And now just as you receive Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Listen. Let your roots grow down, come on, tap roots, into him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Pour out of us, Holy Spirit. Verse 17, Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. There is nothing more powerful than being exhorted by somebody who has just come out of prison. Being exhorted by somebody who has gone into the valley, who has gone through the challenge and come out the other side. Josh Sizemore is a, an NCCer, and he has been to the valley. He has been through difficulties and, and struggles in his life, but he's kept fighting. And today, he's knocking at the door. And he's got a testimony to share, to encourage us with today. Story about alcoholism. I realized I could get alcohol, you know, from a country store I'm at an early age. And so I was, you know, I'd buy booze from my friends that got me involved in a crowd that um, drank underage and things like that. 
And alcohol helped me to manage being in my skin and it helped me to feel better about, um, you know, just not accepting who I was. And so um, I dropped out of high school and um, I became an alcoholic at probably 23 or 24. It was around 1998 that, um, you know, I followed up on that and surrendered my life to the Lord and flushed this flushed some drugs and booze down the toilet and uh, started trying to, to walk with the Lord. But I had all these character issues and rejection issues and things. I finally found with my church family um, the warmth that I wanted to feel. I began to play music in church and then uh, I realized that uh, my talent took me places in the church that my character couldn't keep me. I felt like, you know, when I would be in those vulnerable places of sharing that, and um, brothers in Christ would try and help me to improve, I felt like my offering might not be good enough and that I wasn't good enough, and so I'd run away from the church back to alcohol. And so, man, I just started drinking and drinking and drinking, and there's just something about the relationship with the alcohol um, Booze is the most trustworthy relationship I've ever had in my life. It, it, you know, she has impeccable integrity. She's trustworthy, reliable. But when I have one drink, it separates me from everything that is life-giving and um, it separates me from the Lord, ultimately. That culminated um, most recently into um, I, I was uh, doing uh, 30 days in jail in solitary confinement um, for being drunk in public. Um, I decided that it would, you know, be proper, or it's, you know, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to take communion in this jail cell. So, and um, you know, sitting in that jail cell, and that was my way of just saying, you know, Lord, I want you to. I believe that you'll continue to be faithful, you know, and uh, I want you to keep your promise in my in my life. And I know that I've made mistakes in life, um, and I know that I'm being rebellious, Lord, and I know that I'm a failure. But you know, I'm doing this in remembrance of you because um, I knew that under my own strength, uh, I've always failed. So in 2016, um, I started Celebrate Recovery, and um, I started the next leg of my journey and what God um, is doing in my life. Celebrate Recovery is a place where you can feel supported um, as you choose to come to terms with your hurts, your habits, or your hangups. I struggle with death, addiction, abuse, pain, self-hatred, suicidal thoughts, and so much more. So no matter what you're facing, my encouragement to you is this. Isaiah 43, 1-2 says, But now this is what the Lord says. Who created you? He who formed you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames won't set you ablaze. And no matter what you're facing, 
You don't have to face it alone. There's a God who loves you and who runs after you and calls you by his name. Thank you for letting me share. Spoken to my soul, don't you? Yeah. I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. That's the Lord speaking today. So, Josh is here every Monday night, and he's one of our leaders in Celebrate Recovery. I wonder if that's your step to lean into Celebrate Recovery. But you know what? Recently, he got a six year um, coin representing six years of sobriety over alcoholism. And so we rejoice in God's ongoing work in and through. But I know this, that it's not just easy to walk out of this place and you just walk out and make a change, a decision, and now my life is going to be different and I'm going to overcome these habits and challenges. That's hard, isn't it? It's because it's not that easy, y'all. Here's what Andy Stanley said. He said, he said, we are not mistakers in need of correction. We are sinners in need of a savior. We need more than a second chance. We need a second birth. John chapter three, Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. We are to be born of the spirit. John 6, 29. Jesus says, your work is to believe. That's our calling. To believe. You've got to believe. Faith is the activator and the Holy Spirit runs to faith. We're just going to lean in today and we're going to sing a couple of songs in worship right now. And maybe if you're online, you jump on and you want somebody to pray with somebody, you can just go to the, to the chat and we'd love to pray with you. If you're here in the house, we're going to open up the altars here. I want to ask our prayer team to come. They'll be standing. If you want somebody to pray with you, they can pray with you. If you just want to lean down and grab a kneeler, you can, you can kneel before the Lord. If you want to come and ask for the prayer team to pray a prayer anointing over you, to receive that anointing that has been given to this house, come and receive that today. But we're just going to end with a confession of faith, and then we're going to lean into worship today. So I wonder whether you're, whether you, you've believed or have faith for 20 years or for 20 minutes, I wonder if, if you'll just join me today as I just pray a confession of faith today. If you want to join me, if you believe it, you just want to make that confession, I'll just say a line in prayer, then you say a line, I'll say a line, you repeat after me. If that's you, join me right now. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave in victory. Today I confess my sins. And I receive new life in you. God, you are my father. Jesus is my savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.